Hello, this is Baby Pat, and welcome to Ask Baby Pat, the podcast where people call in with questions they might have for me, things maybe that they need help with or maybe that they're curious about, and I do my best to answer their questions um, sort of as as generously and as helpfully as I can possibly do. So um, thanks for tuning in for another episode, and, and, and I look forward to hearing your questions. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of Ask Baby Pat. And this is kind of a a holiday episode where we take questions from people who have um, concerns um, surrounding the holidays, especially as this can be a pretty complicated time of year. It can be wonderful, of course, and we always hope that it will be, but sometimes it's not. And maybe as wonderful as we wanted it to be. Um, and so that leads me into my first question, um, which comes from a young man named Peter. And he writes, Dear Baby Pat, Ever since my dad died on Christmas Eve in 2012, I have been unable to fully enjoy what for so many others is the best time of the year. Do you have any advice on how to get past grief that will forever be associated with such a significant and celebrated day? Sincerely, Peter. Well, Peter, I can't imagine what you must be going through. That must be so hard to um, to have had a, a dad die, and, and no matter when, no matter what time of the year that that happened, that would be really hard. And I totally understand. It. And I have to tell you, Peter, that this is a personally relevant question for me because my my dad also died. Um, he died when I was just one year old. One years old one year old um, a couple of years ago and it wasn't it wasn't around the holidays but it, I can't tell you how tough it was um, I want to say that you know a lot of a lot of times with grief the only real solution is time unfortunately and there's not a lot else that's gonna kind of work it out of you and it's gonna take a little bit longer I think for you Peter because of how how totally it's associated with the holidays. And I think that grief can be amplified by times that are supposed to be, supposed to be good and wonderful and and family oriented, um, like Christmas is. Um, And I know I, I I can't put a time limit on, on it for you, Peter, but I have to say that um, it's taken me a little while to get over the death of my dad. And I have to tell you, there are some days where I still don't think I'm over it. Um, but it's really helpful to have people around who can support you and who you love. And, and I just hope that you have that in your life because I think it'll make it a little easier um, as time goes on. So um, that's my hope for you this holiday season, Peter. And I thank you so much for your question. Okay. Before I get to the next question from one of my listeners, I'd like to read this week's advertisement. and It's for a product called Flip Flop Cabernet Sauvignon, which is something that my, my mom likes to drink a lot. Um, I saw her having um, a big glass of it the other day, and I said, I said, what are you always drinking, Mom? And, and she got a little bit defensive, and I wasn't exactly sure why. She said, you have the things that that baby Pat likes to drink and mommy has the things that mommy likes to drink. And, and, you know, 
And it seemed to me like not only did she like it, because she seemed like she was really liking it, but it seemed also kind of like she needed it or something, maybe kind of like I need milk sometimes or all the time. Um, And she said sometimes it's pretty hard to get through the holidays with like all these happy people everywhere buying nice gifts and eating nice dinners and singing songs and things of that nature. And I can completely understand that. And And I think, again, it's pretty relevant to the first question we got from Peter, and, and I think that um, if, if my mom and Peter were able to have a conversation, I'm sure they'd have a lot to be mutually sympathetic about. Um, so anyway, I, I appreciate Flip Flop Cabernet Sauvignon for helping my mom make it through the holidays, and, um, so, and also thanks for sponsoring this show. We really appreciate um, your, your support. Okay. Well, let's get to our second question of today's podcast, this week's podcast, the holiday season podcast, which I've been really excited about doing. And because like I said earlier, the holidays can be complicated, but even despite that, I really like them. I love the, the, the crispness in the air, which is something that happens here in country woods where I live. And I know that not everybody has crispness in the air wherever they live. I mean, there's people who live everywhere and you can access podcasts from anywhere on the planet as long as you have a decent broadband connection. And so I understand that um, some of you could be listening from Australia or India or South America or I don't know, wherever. I don't know the stats on this particular podcast. I don't know how to access them yet, but I'm trying to figure that out. And I'm just kind of a one-man operation here, so I'm working on it. But anyway, I digress, and I want to get to the second question of this week's podcast. And it comes from it comes from a woman named Charlotte, um, and I would just love it if she was from Charlotte, but she didn't tell me where she's from, so we'll just proceed um, imagining that she is from Charlotte. Um, so Charlotte from Charlotte, here's your question. And it's a holiday question, just as I um, requested from, from my submitters this, this week. So, um, dear baby Pat, it seems like every year my husband and I have an argument about our Christmas tree. Every year so far we have gotten a real tree um, at my behest because I love everything about having a real Christmas tree and I can't imagine a Christmas without one. Um, there's literally no substitute. I love the way they smell and feel and I think the kids like it a lot too. My husband, however, ever the Ebenezer Scrooge, grouses about the fact that real fir trees shed needles, which are not only messy, but also possibly harmful. Not to mention, we have a cat that appears nothing short of constitutionally unable not to submit to the tree's allure. Plus, my husband says, it's environmentally problematic to cycle through so many sapling trees year after year, household upon household, when what happens to them after the Christmas season is over, they get scrapped. But I recently read an article that criticized the artificial Christmas tree industry for gross and egregious environmental mistreatment, not only in terms of its production processes, but also in terms of the lastingness of its ostensibly immortal tree products. Who knew engineered obsolescence could encroach even on the, the hallowed Christmas industry? The article at least implied and at most outright stated that contrary to what conventional wisdom holds, it may be that the annual procurement of a real tree is more environmentally conscientious than that of far less frequent investment in the artificial kind. My husband won't hear it, and I'm afraid 
the perennial stalemate holds for now. What are your thoughts on this issue? Thanks so much, and I love your podcast. Well, thank you, Charlotte. And I love that you listened to it, and I really appreciate your question. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard from who have voiced a similar dialogue between, um, between they and, and, their, and their significant other. Um, and from, from my point of view, I just think, you know, when it all comes down to it, it's not really about the tree. Is it, Charlotte? It's not really about the tree. It's about interpersonal communication, and it's about it's about what are we going to remember after the holiday season is over, and frankly, after our lives are over, or after one of our lives is over. And as I mentioned in my response to Peter in the first question that I received, um, you know, his dad died in the holidays, and my dad died too, and I can remember that you know, for the first few years of my life, and I, granted I'm only three, but um, my my parents had... That didn't make mathematical sense because um, my dad died when I was one. I already admitted that earlier, and so that was, that was a mathematical error that I made, and I'm still learning. Um, but my parents argued that for that first year about whether they were going to have an artificial or, or a real tree. And I have to tell you that my mom was extremely adamant about her position to have a real one. And my dad, too, was pretty adamant about his position. But they, they didn't reconcile the issue at all. And they were at odds. And then my dad died. And I remember every holiday season since when it rolls around that my mom... I can tell when she looks upon the tree, be it artificial or real, it doesn't matter, that she remembers that argument and the fact that it wasn't reconciled. And I think that's really sad. And I think that you should consider that and your husband should consider that. And that should be the issue you talk about and not the tree itself. And so I thank you for your question, Charlotte. And I, I hope you have, um, finally, a happy Christmas. And, I, and I, I extend the same for all of your friends and family. So thank you so much. Okay. And before we get to the third question um, from from the listener, I, I, I want to introduce a segment called Baby Pat Reads the News. And, and it's not necessarily going to be a, re- a recurrent segment, but it's something that I thought I would do for this particular episode because it's um, it's a, a, I had an experience today where I, I saw my mom reading a story um, and she seemed really flustered and upset and frustrated after reading it and and I said what are you what were you reading mom and she said I can't I just can't believe this candidate for president Donald Trump and I can't believe why so many people like I can't understand why so many people like him and um and and so I said what but what was the article about and she said well it was this article I read in the Huffington Post about Donald Trump feeling like there was a war on Christmas. And that, and the reason why I'm deciding to read this news story this week is because 
The War on Christmas is relevant to this holiday season episode of this podcast, Ask Baby Pat. And I know that nobody's asking me anything in my reading of this article, but I think it's really important to read it, and I think it's interesting. And I don't necessarily share my mom's viewpoints on Donald Trump, but I don't necessarily have the same context that she has. But I'm going to read it anyway, and I hope you'll enjoy this reading of it. It's from the November 10th issue of the Huffington Post. And it, it goes, Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump jumped into the brouhaha Monday over Starbucks' decision to change the design on its annual holiday-themed cups. On stage in Springfield, Illinois, the GOP presidential candidate lamented that, quote, Starbucks is taking Merry Christmas off, unquote, and suggested that people boycott the company. Quote, I have one of the most successful Starbucks in Trump Tower, unquote, he said. Quote, maybe we should boycott Starbucks? I don't know. Seriously, I don't care. That's the end of that lease, but who cares? If I become president, we're all going to be saying Merry Christmas again. That I can tell you, end quote, he added. Instead of their usual holiday cups, which feature wintry imageries like snowflakes and sleighs, Starbucks has decided to go with a minimalist red design this year in an effort to represent, quote, the simplicity and the quietness, end quote, of the season. Who said that? I don't know. And I'm interjecting right now. This is a mid-story interjection. There was a quotation in the story, and it wasn't attributed to anybody, and I think that's kind of strange. But maybe it was Trump. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The move has angered some Christians who feel, as one critic put it, that the new design, quote, denies the hope of Jesus Christ and his story, end quote. Wow. I have to say, this is very interesting, and I can't tell you that I, co- I totally disagree with Donald Trump's perspective here. I mean... After all, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year, and it's one of my favorite times of the year, and I don't see any reason why the imagery we've all decided is associated with Christmas should suddenly be villainized. I mean, everyone's going to be thinking about it in their heads anyway, so why not put it on a cup from time to time? Do you know what I'm, do you know what I mean by that? Anyways... I I have to say that I, I don't know Donald Trump's political point of view for the most part. I don't know what he would do to this country. I don't know what he would... I don't know how he would drive the sleigh, if you will. Um, <laughs> that's a Christmas joke. That's a Christmas pun. That's Christmas entendre, if you will. And I, I think that's pretty funny, and I'm pretty proud of myself for coming up with it. But, um, and, and I don't... Again, I don't know what he would do. But I do think that he's got a point when he's like, well, why not just have some Christmas imagery on a cup, for God's sake? (laughs) Again, there's another joke, for God's sake. That's pretty funny, too, I think. But but the point stands, you know, it's going to be in your head, so it might as well be on the cup. And that's kind of what I have to say about the Starbucks debate. And I think that my mom and I are going to be a little bit at odds about this issue if she chooses to talk about it again and if she will listen to me if I weigh in. And she doesn't often listen to me. She doesn't listen to me a lot because she doesn't think that um, I have a lot to say, even though I think that I do have a lot to say. But um, we have... There's kind of a disparity in, in how we think about our abilities to communicate. I think it's mostly a result of the age difference that she and I have. But anyway, um, that's, my, that's my opinion on the Starbucks situation. And, and, and I hope that's food for thought for you listeners out there. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you listen to this um, week after week. So thank you. Okay. 
Well, it's time for the Ask Baby Pat holiday episode's third question, and I tell you, this one is a real doozy. It's a real Christmas humdinger, and I hope you won't mind, listeners, if I if I read out my answer in in a long form letter that I wrote back to the back to the person who who asked the question, because I, it was really important to me that I deliver my thoughts clearly and thoroughly. So, it, this this question, this letter came from a little boy named Danny, and it goes. Dear Baby Pat, my name is Danny. I am four. I love Christmas. It is my favorite day of the year. Yesterday, an older boy told me there is no Santa. Then he laughed while I cried. Was he lying to me to hurt my feelings? Is Santa real? Please help, Danny. Dear Danny, I have tortured myself over what I would say to you when I sat down to record this holiday podcast. I have lost sleep over it. I've probably lost in sleep about the number of hours it allegedly takes Santa to deliver a pile of knickknacks from an incredibly small bag to every believing child on the planet. Think about that comparison for a minute, Danny, and tell me how much magic it would take to beat those logistical odds. I doubt even the wizards at Amazon could do it. If it's not clear already, I woke up bleary-eyed after the last of those lousy nights of sleep and found that I had decided what to tell you. I hate to be the person to deliver you your inevitable disillusionment, Danny, but it is my solemn responsibility as the host of Ask Baby Pat. There is no Santa. Santa is a lie you have been told, a myth you have been offered. It is those things, and it can be beautiful to believe them, but what you must know, Danny, is that it's not beautiful for everyone to believe them. I would wager money, if I had any, that this older boy was disillusioned in a very real and disturbing way not so very long ago. Perhaps an older boy told him. Perhaps he arose one snowy Christmas morning to find that Santa had somehow skipped his house this year. Remember that hurt people hurt people, Danny, and that bullies don't get made in vacuums. Remember that they, as anyone else, are deserving of our empathy. But also remember that, nevertheless, you have a breakable spirit and a breakable body, and that it is your license to defend yourself when threatened. But don't defend yourself by clinging to lies or myths easily disputed by a modicum of reason. Defend yourself by saying to the bully, I am sorry you are hurting on the inside, and then run away very quickly. That's what works for me. There is one more thing, Danny. I want you to try your very best not to be sad about what I have told you about Santa on this holiday podcast. Instead, be glad you have a parent or parents who care enough about you and who are financially solvent enough not only to fill up your assuredly capacious stocking with material goods, but also to protect you for as long as they could from the disillusionment I have regrettably had to deliver you today. Be thankful that you are the recipient of that kind of love and the secure-feeling beneficiary of that kind of stability. Before I go, I will leave you with this story. I learned last year that Santa is not real. As I have mentioned twice now in this episode, my dad died when I was one. The next year I arose one snowy Christmas morning to find that Santa had skipped my house. But rather than let me go on believing that, my mother told me that there is no Santa, that she was having a hard time this year, and that she couldn't afford any presents.
She cried then as a tall glass of flip-flop Cabernet Sauvignon shook in her hand. I thanked her for her honesty, and I gave her a big hug even though I was sad. I'm still thankful for her honesty to this day. And I hope you will be too, Danny. Growing up is hard, but everyone has to do it. Your friend, Baby Pat. Dear Baby Pat, what is on your Christmas wish list this year, and do you have any recommendations? You're very well spoken for a three-year-old, and that seems to suggest you're big on reading. I'm a huge bookworm. My husband likes to joke that I'd curl up with a good piece of literature before I'd curl up with him any day, haha. <laughs> so I'm wondering, especially if you have any book suggestions. Thanks, and if podcasts were stocking stuffers, all my family members would find Ask Baby Pat hanging from the mantle this year. Sincerely, Cheryl. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. That's so kind and generous of you to say. And you're absolutely right. I adore reading. A joke I like to make is that just as bullies aren't formed in vacuums, neither are articulate toddlers. <laughs> and you're in luck with regard to your question, Cheryl, because this year there are two books I implored my mom to get me that I can't wait, fingers crossed, to take a big holiday bite out of. One of them is called The Awinophiles Handbook. It breaks all the wines of the world down into varietals and regions. Um, it's supposed to be part travelogue, part history, part almanac, and it's supposed to be, from what I've read about it, definitive and comprehensive. A food critic who wrote a review I read the other day said, um, he said about it, Christians have the Bible, now wine lovers have the Awenophiles handbook. Um, so it seems to me that if you're even remotely interested in appreciating wine, um, Cheryl, then this, this sounds like the book for you. Um, there's a lot I have to learn about wine because of my mom, and I think this will be a really good start. I hope she agrees. And the other book I asked for is the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, which is published by the American Psychiatric Association. And the other day I found four small orange cylindrical bottles labeled Vicodin in a cabinet I'm not supposed to open. Um, I'd never heard of it before, and I'm hoping that the manual will help me determine what it's commonly prescribed for. Okay, I hope those are interesting and helpful suggestions, Cheryl, and I thank you for your question. Um, Merry Christmas and, and Happy Holidays. Baby Pat. Those of you out there who are weekly listeners know that I rarely get the chance to have guests on this show. I usually have to record at night or over the weekends, 
but that's when my mom's home and she doesn't especially like to have guests over. Um, especially because I'm not interested so much in interviewing my peers or my playmates, because I don't think they're very interesting to talk to. So I'd have to interview someone a lot older, which I knew would make my mom um, pretty uncomfortable, and I totally understand that. But right now my school is on holiday break, and my mom couldn't find a babysitter for while she's at work today, so I'm home by myself um, recording and trying not to eat too many cookies. And as I was recording the other segments, I got to thinking, wouldn't it make this special holiday episode um, extra special if I could find somebody to interview? So I walked to the Country Woods Mall, which is just a few blocks from where I live. But um, I have to say, it seemed like it took a really long time. I mean, it's pretty cold outside. But I walked up to a man um, in the mall who looked like a really nice person, and, and he had a really nice Christmas sweater on and with reindeer and sleighs and stuff, and the stuff you can't find at Starbucks anymore, like Donald Trump said. Um, and, and I told the man that I, I liked his sweater, and I asked if maybe he'd be interested in coming to my house for an interview for my podcast, um, which is called Ask Baby Pat, and then I introduced myself as Baby Pat. And he looked um, pretty confused, and he asked me if I was alone, and I said yes. I walked to the Country Woods Mall from my house so that maybe I could find an interview subject for my podcast. And, and I said, but it's okay if you don't want to do it. I'm sure I can find somebody else. And he thought about it for what seemed like a, a really long time, and, and he looked around a bunch. And then he took me over to an area in the mall called Information um, or something, and he was asking questions about if anybody had reported a lost child, which didn't seem relevant to me. And it, but it made me wonder if maybe he'd lost a child. But he didn't. He hadn't seemed concerned when I first approached him. So, so I don't know. And anyway, there was some conferring between him and the people um, at information for an even longer time. I don't know how much time went by, but I looked out the big mall windows, and it looked like it was starting to get a little dark. Um, and I started to get impatient, so I just said, you know what, I'll just find somebody else and, and to interview. And then he grabbed me and said, he said, no, just stay here. Do you know where your mom is? Do you know where your dad is? And I said, my dad died when I was one and, and my mom's at work. Um, and then eventually, and it seemed like a, an eternity later, um, after a bunch more stuff happened, he... He finally agreed to drive me back to my house, and I thought it was great that he'd finally decided to do the interview. And when we got inside the house, he, which is where we are now, obviously, because that's where I record my podcast, he said he needed to make a phone call. And so I said, it's okay, I can wait. I'll just record the introduction for this segment by retelling all of the things that just happened and how excited I am to interview a nice person with a really cool Christmas sweater on. Um... Oh wait. I think I think I can I think he might be coming back yeah. in a minute. Yeah, sure. We're at the house now. Let's see if we can yeah. get a better listen um, to what he's talking about. I don't know, he's recording an introduction for his we'll, we'll podcast or whatever in the other room. I don't know. I just told him to keep himself busy. You know? What else was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to just leave him there at the mall? You know? Who was I was supposed to leave him with those people at information? You wanted me to just leave him there? You know, I mean, the kid came up to me. What was I supposed to do? Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm gonna stay here until we can reach his idiot mom. If she even exists. I don't even know if she exists at this point. I, she, I mean, it's crazy. This kid is wearing nothing more than a diaper and a t-shirt. It, walks through 30 degree weather to come to the listen, to the mall. I, need to, I mean, what's the kid? I mean, it, you know, no matter how precocious he is. I mean, he's, the kid's like well, three, you know? I mean, it's... He's going to the mall by himself. No babysitter yeah. at the house. And, you know, none that I'm aware of. You know, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I know I have to pick up the kids from school. Uh, yeah, I know I was already late when I was at the mall. But Jesus, you should see the lines. Yeah, I'm working on it, honey. But what am I... You want me to get the police over here so they can build a perimeter around the house? No, I don't. You know? I don't. I'll be there when I get there. Yeah. Yeah, love you too. I think he's. I think I have to turn. I don't think we're gonna do the interview. I'll, <laughs> I'll check in with you guys as soon as I can. I did, but um, in, in the meantime, have a merry Christmas. Okay, I have to go.